I'm Arie Schwartz, along with my co-host today, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W using X's and O's, along with key stats. We bring honest and critical analysis. This week, we got a special guest, Natasha Cloud, or this episode, we have a special guest, Natasha Cloud, the starting guard for the fourth place DC Mystics. Natasha, say hi to the folks. Woo, 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 woo. What up, y'all? <laughs> so, first things first, I need you. I uh, you, you spoke to one of our beat reporters, Jasmine Brown, following that amazing game winner in D.C. against New York. EDD hits that shot. Can you yes. just talk me through that again real quick? And and you don't have to leave out the, the breakfast if you don't want to. <laughs> Elena Deladon for president to start with. Um, I second that. Yes, but... <laughs> Really just a phenomenal play. Um, you know, yes, we did have breakfast this morning. Uh, Elena's, or this morning, that morning. Elena's wife is a chef. Chef Amanda, as I like to call her, um, was cooking in the kitchen for us. And I really think that that game winner had everything to do with that French toast that she made that morning. But <laughs> Hold um, up, hold up, hold up. Amanda, fun fact, is one of my best friends from growing up. I've known her for years. You really, really? think she, you, you really think she's that good of a cook? No, listen, I was killing it. She had plate one and two ready for me, and she was calling me an E-fat. But you know what? We big girls here. So. <laughs> no, I mean, they're just a phenomenal couple. Um, but Amanda can really put down in the kitchen, y'all. Um, but, yeah, Coach T draws up a play. Um, really wasn't meant to be for Elena. Uh, it was more so to be for uh, Monique Curry cutting to the basket on the weak side. Uh, somehow... Toya made a really hard cut, which turned into a screen, and somehow New York uh, butchered that switch with Elena um, and left our best player, the best player in the league, in my opinion, wide open on the three-point line. Uh, Tierra Ruffin-Pratt delivered a beautiful crisp pass to her hands, and in .6 seconds, Elena showed you how quick she could get off a three. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw the the news release, but EDD was just named the, the player of the month. Which is rightfully so. I think this is her second one. Or maybe she got player of the week. Yeah, I think she got player of the week. And then yeah. I think this is the first player of the month so far. Um, yeah. So I want to ask you something. Oh, sorry. Don't. What were you saying? No, no. I was just saying that uh, Elena is extremely deserving of not only that moment, that shot, um, but also the player of the month. Well, we'll get back to Elena. For, I want to talk about you for a second here. Um so I'm looking at your career stats right now, and you know your first couple seasons. First of all, I just want to give you props right off the bat because it, it there's an article that came out, and I believe it was uh, New York Times or something like that about how hard it is for somebody to get on a roster in the WNBA. And I'm not yeah. talking just about you know first like third round picks or second round picks, which you were picked in the second, but even for first round picks. So props to you for making a roster coming in the second round. And starting a bunch of games in 2015, 2016, you start I mean, even more. And then obviously there were some injuries and some other things that went into 2017, but you're back to starting. So I kind of want to ask you, what's your mindset with that? I mean, like, how do you, how do you flow with that uh, as a person who obviously you're a professional athlete, you got to think you're the best to certain extents. Um, talk to me about that. Yeah, no, well, first and foremost, I appreciate it because you know, this is, uh, uh, I don't think people realize with only 12 teams and a 12-man roster how incredibly hard it is to not only make a roster, but to stay on a roster. Um, 
So that is a, a great point to bring up to people that may not be known of it. Um, for me, when I was drafted, uh, I was really just kind of expecting to come in and learn from the vets. And, um, you know, I came from a small Jesuit university, a mid-major of St. Joseph's University. So for me, my, my whole dream had come true just being drafted. Uh, but for me, it was just kind of, okay, let me be a sponge and absorb my first year. But then unknowingly to me, I'm starting midway through the season. And um, so I quickly realized that my coaches in this uh, organization had a bigger plan that I might not even have had for myself um, with moving forward. So, you know, I'm starting a bunch of games there. I'm learning. Um, I'm just trying to get experience, trying to take away as much as I can from my veterans, especially um, my rookie season. I had Kara Lawson in that one position. So, uh, there's no one better to learn from than her. Second season was kind of the same thing. I'm just trying to really learn, um, learn the tricks of the trade, learn how to run a team. You know, the point guard position, I will hands down put everything is the hardest position in the league. I will be ready to argue at any point. Um, but third year was rough, like with injuries. And I had also lost my starting spot. Um, of course, we had an amazing franchise player of Christy Tolliver come in. Um, so I had actually lost my starting spot. But for me, um, going into my third year and in this year as well, is whatever this team needs me to be, whatever role I need to take on that night, whether it's being, you know, the best defender on the perimeter or uh, being the best passer on the floor, finding my teammates, getting them easy shots or, you know, getting a few buckets here and there um, and pushing the pace of the game, whatever my team needs me to do, that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm focused on. So um, having that mindset of knowing my role and what I do well for this team and what coach T and this organization expects from me um, helps me in the sense of it allows me to be more consistent. I think um, sometimes when you don't really know what your place is or what your role is on the team, it uh, leaves a lot of room for error and inconsistency, but um, for me, I know that I'm a defender. Uh, I push the pace for us. Um, I make I make easy shots for my teammates. And when I am open, I attack the basket. So I just try to really simplify things. Natasha, you know, it's interesting to hear you speak on some of these things. You know, we, where you where you came from, kind of from that mid-major level to where you are now, is an incredible feat, and it, it does not happen very often. Um, and and you're, you're very humble about it. You've obviously put in a ton of hard work, um, and you've got a humble mentality that's eager eager to learn um, from some of the best, and and really have that selfless mentality that teams have to have. Um, you know what it's like, probably, or or have experienced in your career certain egos or, or things that make it impossible um, or it can sometimes be a cancer on the team where you've got five players out there trying to trying to work together um, you know you, you kind of broke down some of the x's and o's of things that you bring to the table but like off the court on the floor I mean you bring an energy and a charisma a uh, sense of humor that this team needs talk to me a little bit about that yeah I appreciate it um for me I, I love this game I truly truly am in love with this game and I've been blessed um, to be able to play it and also to be able to have this as my career. And it has taken me all over the world. Um, it has given me the means to have a college degree for free. Um, so it's truly a blessing. So 
I really do love this game. So when you see me being out there and being goofy and dancing and really just trying to bring the energy to the team, that's just me as my personality and who I am. I mean, I am the most obnoxious, goofy person that you will ever meet. So um, for me, I just love to bring the fun aspect of it because, you know, this is a business. This is Mm -hmm. uh, a serious season, especially when you are having plans of winning a championship as we are here in D.C. So at times things can get too serious. So I don't ever like it to get that way. I mean, I, I always want to remind me and my teammates and also my coaches of why we even started playing basketball in the first place um, right. for our love of the game. So, um, you know, I do take it on myself to be the hype man of the team, um, to bring the goofy side of things, but also be serious when I need to be. Yeah, I mean, you were voted uh, most likely to be PAX uh, if a player stepped into that role. So I hear that. I want to ask you, I know you spoke about focusing on defense. I want to talk about your offense for a second. You're constantly making hustle plays. You're a facilitator in many ways more than just passing. And I'd argue you fly under the radio or the radar. Sorry. Um, but something I really I want I want your take on this. That LA game, I noticed that LA specifically put beard on you offensively. And to me, that wasn't a shock so much because I, in my mind, you are the person who kind of makes the wheels roll for Washington's offense. You might not have these flashy stats that everyone's looking at and going, oh, MVP, 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 but you do every little thing that makes this offense roll. So when the LA's best defender or arguably the best defender in the league goes up against you, do you take that as a compliment or a challenge? Uh, I take it as both. Um, Like you said, uh, Elena Beard, I mean, I grew up watching her. you know, she was with Washington early in her career. And um, so I was local enough to be able to watch her and, and just really see her develop as a player over time. And so for me, um, especially my first couple of years, always playing against her was always like a shell shock because I was starstruck. Um, but going into my fourth year and really knowing my role and what I do for this team and bring to this team, it's a compliment. Um to be able to have the best defender because she is the best defender in this league, um, hands down, guard me because they feel that they need to disrupt our offense and the way to do so is to disrupt me. I mean, that's the biggest compliment that I can have um, for myself as a player. And then I also take it as a challenge. You know, this is the best defender in the league and and I'm confident in my abilities and my capabilities on, on the floor that I need to still do my job, which is get us set up in offense, push the pace, um, make plays for my teammates and as myself. Um, And then, again, yeah, I'm always a defender first, but I think my offense has come along tremendously since my rookie season. And, um, you know, that's a testament to my teammates and to my coaches um, for putting in the work with me as well. So looking forward, um, you guys kind of have somewhat of a quick turnaround going on and facing the Liberty again. That was obviously an exciting game and got a lot of hype around it. Uh, You guys are hosting them on Thursday. What are kind of some of the keys to that game? Because, you know, the Liberty are are an interesting team because at some points they show flashes of what they could do, even though they've struggled as of late. And maybe where they are sitting sitting in the standings doesn't necessarily reflect what they're capable of doing. Um, Obviously, anytime you've got a team like Tina Charles, you know, players like Tina Charles, you've got, you know, Bria Hartley, Epiphany Prince, people who are veterans of this league and capable of 
bringing it night in and night out, especially, you know, especially with, you know, uh, rookies like Kia Nurse, who, who has played really well this year in at certain spots. So what are some keys headed into that game? What are things you guys are talking about in practice and kind of focused on without giving away too many of your secrets? <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, New York is is a phenomenal team. And like you said, their standings don't really show um, exactly how good they are. Um, you know, they're, they're still trying to put pieces together. And, you know, hopefully for our sake, they don't put it together by Thursday. But um, our games against New York are always my favorite games out of the year because we're two very similar teams um, in, in how we play. Uh, it's always an aggressive game. It's always a kind of, okay, we're going to war and the toughest team's going to come out on top. Um, so I always look forward to our games with New York. Um, and it is a quick turnaround, especially coming off a game winner where it was pretty close. Um, but I also don't think we played our best basketball that night too. So for us, um, it's it's a benefit to be able to get back in the gym for at least three practices before a game since we were playing every other day last week. Um, and really just getting back to basics. So today we were really focused on our offensive side of things and really fine-tuning our offensive sets and what we want and what shots we need to get. And, um, you know, we we got back to saying that, okay, if we're going to be a running team, then we need to run every single possession. And um, that starts on the defensive end first. We need to be able to get, you know, stops because right now teams are shooting 46 to 50% against us, and that's not winning us a championship. Right. So. Uh, you know, we need to buckle down on the defensive end and we can be so disruptive on the defensive end with the versatility that we have, the athleticism. Um, so for us, it's really just focused on, OK, let's focus on our defense first, get stops. And then our best offense is our transition. So if we can get easy leak outs and easy buckets in transition, that's just going to benefit us. But um, our, our main focus today at practice was just going through our offensive sets and you know, really getting into each other and figuring out, you know, what are the strengths and weaknesses of our teammates? Where do they want to be on the floor? Uh, what shots are good for everybody? Um, so really just getting back to basics and, and fixing us. Something I've been dying to ask almost everybody on your roster besides uh, LaToya is when is LaToya going to get the respect she deserves based off of this season? I mean, LaToya Sanders is a phenomenal player and she does not get the respect that she deserves. And I'm glad that you, you both are able to see that because um, she flies under the radar. She does so much for our team, whether it's bringing a defensive tough toughness, you know, she's a monster on the boards. She's lighting people up on the offensive end. Um, and, you know, she, she is a vet. So she is in, you know, a, a, a few years into, into things and she's still dominating. Um, but I think, you know, with the amount of talent that we have on our team, sometimes she doesn't get the, you know, praise that she deserves. But she's a key piece to our team right now. Without her, we're not in the position that we are. So I think that people really need to focus in on on how much she actually brings to our team. I agree with that. And I got to ask you this. You talked about a little bit, Elena Beard. Talk to me. Tell me, who did you growing up try and model your game after? Um, for sure, my favorite player growing up was Lindsey Whalen. Um, I just, I liked how she played. She was a, like a gritty, I'm going to get into you. I don't care how I get it done, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it done type of player. And as a point guard, she's just so intellectually smart. Like her basketball IQ is through the roofs. And obviously 
she's transitioning into the coaching thing now, which I'm extremely happy to see. But um, when I was younger, Lindsay was who I tried to mold myself after, Um, especially she wanted to get to the basket, um, really likes the flashy passes and the assists. I think she and myself included would rather make a pla- make a pass, make a good pass than to score ourselves. So um, for me, that Lindsay was it. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I was curious what your thoughts were. And I mean, we've kind of on our, on our show and, and our website, we've been talking about the greatest of all time debate. And I've had a chance to ask several players so far, um, kind of who their greatest women's basketball player of all time is. Um, not necessarily, you know, who you emulated growing up, but who's the greatest of all time in your opinion? Greatest of all and time. And I know, and then trust me, it's a, it's a huge debate, which <laughs> has been fun to, to kind of go through it. But, you know, and there's different ways to look at it. But just I'm curious what your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, that's so hard because, I mean, we have had phenomenal women from the time that I was young um, till now um, coming through the league. So there. It's really hard to narrow it down, but I think I would go with right now because obviously I'm in the league, so I I want to pick someone that, you know, I've watched and um, have seen. But I might be biased on this too. I'm picking – no, I'm picking Elena Deladon. I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Okay. I'm biased and I'm going to pick my teammate. And and why do you think that? Elena is just so – versatile like if I could compare her to an NBA player would be Kevin Durant and you see what he's doing right now in the NBA and I don't think people give Elena enough respect for what she does on the women's side of things I mean she can score against anyone it doesn't matter one through five she can get a bucket like and not only is she phenomenal on the court and brings so much to our team and really puts us on her back and carries us but She's a phenomenal human being, too, and I don't think people see that enough of her. Um, I've gotten the chance to really get close to her this offseason, um, and our relationship is developing, um, obviously, because I just invite myself over to breakfast now. <laughs> <laughs> but she really is just a complete, like, amazing person. She's just phenomenal. What she does off the court in the community um, – with different Special Olympic stuff. And, I mean, she just really is a phenomenal person and an even better basketball player. I mean, yeah, right and we, now, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're all right. I think she's the best player in the world. You know, it's interesting. We had a, a long podcast about this a few weeks back where we just kind of went through different players and we broke it down just based on different categories. And one of them was just sheer skill. Um, and Elena was mine. And – like you said, I'm, I agree with you. I don't think she gets enough attention from that standpoint. Um, just in that even that that conversation because of lack of you know rings, championships, you know uh, even longevity in the league, uh, battling some injuries, things like that. But from a strictly skill standpoint, um, I, I I firmly stand by you. I feel like she is one of the the one of the greatest women's basketball players I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, if not the greatest, and that was kind of my argument with it. So I, I'm I'm actually surprised to hear you say that, and I agree with you. So, like, I don't even think people realized last year that she had really messed up her thumb on her right hand and actually flew to LA, had surgery, um, sat for about maybe two weeks, maybe three tops, and came back right for playoffs and 
it looked like nothing had happened. I'm like, Elaine, you're still shooting better than me, and you actually have, like, basically a broken thumb. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair how good you actually are. It doesn't matter if you're hurt or not. You know, she battles uh, that Lyme disease, which leaves her immune system so weak, um, which affected her a little bit this year with just a common cold. But she's still able to battle through and be the best player on the court. Like, I don't think people realize how actually skilled and talented she is. I'm not going to disagree with you guys, but if you ever want to come on again, Natasha, and join us in the debate, you know, you are more than invited. Um, Moving on to something that I know you have to have to be a big fan of music. Um, I want to know who's your favorite artist. Who is my favorite artist? You guys are asking really hard questions. Um, Cause <laughs> are they that bad? Come on now. No, they're not that bad, but I just love, like I genuinely <laughs> love music. Like all my friends make fun of me because I'll have country on at one point. I'll go to R and B the next song to like pop the next rap the next, like, I'm just all over the place. I genuinely just enjoy like music and, and good music. But um, I would say my favorite genre is R&B, um, especially like 90s R&B. But right yes. now, currently, I would say Kehlani, I love. Okay. I love okay. Kehlani. I've been trying to tweet at her and get her to a game for like a solid <laughs> two years now. So if y'all want to tag her too, that would be cool. We'll back her up. All right. Oh, we, we got you. We got you. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. But um, again, I'm, I'm really big on who people are outside of what they do. And she's just a phenomenal person and what she does in the community and, you know, to her fans, it's, it's huge. Um, and that means more so to me than me just liking her songs. I'm going to, I'm going to drop something on you. I'm sure you're already a fan, but Leon Bridges, if you're not already get on that wave because he's sold. Leon Bridges. Yes. Yes. Definitely worth a listen. All right. Real quick. We're just going to throw, I'm going to throw out the games to you tonight and I want you to take a, I'm, I'm, we're going to go back and forth. So first I'll ask Rachel, then Natasha, uh, and then Rachel, you know, we'll go back and forth. And I want both your takes on who wins tonight. No explanations, no more details. Just pick a winner. Okay. Storm versus Liberty. Natasha, you first. Uh, Storm. Rachel? Storm. All right. Next, Natasha, Fever versus Lynx. Wings. Wings. All right. Sky versus Dallas Wings. Wings. Is Cambage back? I think she is. I believe uh, she's doubtful. Or she's probable. Yes, I think she had the eye thing. You know what? I'm going to go with the upset. I think the Sky are going to pull it off. Ooh, okay. I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Last game of the night, Sun in LA versus Sparks. Is Alyssa Thomas back? She is not. LA. Rachel? I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to go, son. (laughs) (laughs) She's not afraid for bold claims, Rachel. All right. (laughs) You know, I mean, I love LA. They're my, I get it, whatever. But I'm going to, I'm going to say the sun are going to come out with a big one. They need a big statement win. Uh, They're coached well. I think they might, they might pull it off. Awesome. We want to give the biggest of thank yous to Natasha Cloud for joining us. I'm Aria Schwartz, along with the amazing Rachel Galligan. This has been the WNBA Insider Show. Thank you so much, Natasha. I appreciate you.